With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mmm. Ah, God save our gracious Queen. God save our loyal... I'm I'm doing this because of the uh, Black Spider letters, which is the year of the throne Prince Charles has been sending to government ministers. Finally been revealed. Well... Whatever that means. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. This is the Manchester United Redcast, celebrating the greatest team on earth. Wasn't for a while there, a bit close, but it looks like in the distance it may be a mirage, but I can see the number four, which is what we started out for. Many times we can say that tonight, we get prizes. Uh, my name's Eddie Nestor, with me tonight, special guest, uh, Mark van der Pump. I don't think you've ever done it when I, I, I'm here. Yeah, uh, uh, w- welcome. Well, I mean, Thank you. whoever's been here before has been a pale imitation of me. Uh, talking about pale imitations, he is a, he, he, he's redder than I am. His beard is not as good as I no. am. He's just about slimmer than I am, although I am losing it. How are you, the accountant? Dave, how are you, mate? I'm very well, and thank you for those kind, uh, kind words. <laughs> haven't seen you for a while, and as normal, you're just the same as the brother I never loved and a- I hated. Absolutely. Brother from another mother. I've been lying somewhere in, uh, 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 over there in Thailand, listening to you on this podcast, saying bad things about me oh, so yeah. well, 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 I'll say so, it to your look, face you know I would yeah yeah look we're going to talk Leon hold on a minute can you turn my microphone up please oh, Leon Leon's sake. here as well everyone you know we like to mention Leon at the Redcaster you uh, got in- th- can I say I was here two weeks ago and really bad comments on Twitter Please do not make any comment about no, how he hurt his wrist. It's I will not, not, it's not it. the sort of thing we should yeah. be talking well, about well, at all. Yeah. This is a podcast about football. So let's get to the football. Because uh, a pretty rough time, but actually put it all back together, if only belatedly. Uh, Dave, uh, Palace had been a resurgent team. I mean, uh, you know, their manager had left uh, Newcastle. Had come down to Palace, which is where his actually spiritual home really. Uh, now, actually, you know, Newcastle are doing a lot worse than Palace. They are safe, but we still left it late, didn't we? Yeah, it's like a, a damaged Ferrari tr- trundling and trickling over the finish line that leaves, leaves lots of new parts and repairs. That's what I see Manchester United as. And it's a team that's definitely gone off the boil. And, you know, Crystal Palace have 
got a safe position, haven't they, in the league and possibly were in the first half were already on the beach and wow, again, we're looking at a performance where you have to walk away from that and say, goodness me, how did we win that and aren't we lucky to actually get those three points but also, you know, we played with determination but dearie me, De Gea and that right hand and uh, saved us, I think, in that game. Not a great performance again, and we haven't been at the podcast, unfortunately, for a few weeks because we've had other, we've been very busy. Um, but, um, you know, a, a group of performances that you have to say have not been great. No, they haven't been. And I'm I, I just interested, Mark, to find out from you actually, you know, losing against Everton, outplayed against Everton, actually, losing unluckily, even though we outplayed at West Bromwich Albion. Fourth. By default, in a way, because of how bad Southampton have been, how bad Tottenham have been, and how bad Liverpool have been. Yeah, I mean, fourth's probably as good as we could have expected. I thought the Chelsea match was pivotal. Um, we were playing so well up until then, and if we'd won the Chelsea match, I think we would have kept going and possibly taken third and maybe second. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. Confidence <laughs> is such a big thing. Uh, Can in, I in say about team. that, Ed, as well? Mark, you talked about that Chelsea game, and we went on that run of six games, didn't we, where it kind of clicked. Up until that point. Up until that point, it seemed to click, and we, were, we suddenly had some kind of style of play, which we've talked about that we haven't had. And people say, well, it must have been because Michael Carrick got injured, and that's the reason why we've dropped out. But I think what happened in that game against Chelsea, he played uh, Zuma against, up against Fellaini. Man marked him out of the game. And then from that point on, other managers did the same thing. And if you can only say that your plan A is to put the ball up to Fellaini, it was stopped very quickly and we didn't seem to have a plan B. And I think that's what happened. And now it seems, the way we're playing now seems to have gone back to how it was before we went on that run. The kind of like headless chickens not really... There's no kind of direction in the play because obviously you can't just rely on Fellaini. And if we have to rely on him moving forward, we're going to have a problem. If you listen to Rooney, if you listen to Giggs, if you listen to Skulls, they tell you the most underrated player. If you listen to uh, the old madman in Sir Alex, they tell you the most underrated player is Michael Carrick because he does all those Mm. small, effective, messy things that we don't really look at as being very. Did you say messy then? Uh, Yeah, no, not that, not messy ish. I I mean, messy, (laughs) as in with the Y, not the I. He does those. Those things, and I, I take your point because yeah. it is a, it, it is also very valid that you know Fellaini hasn't been effective. I mean, he scored the goal against Crystal Palace, which got us the points, but he hasn't been as effective. Mm. But you can't take away from the fact that I think the stats as they present themselves is that when we play without Malka Carrick, who has been injured for large portions of this season. Manchester United have been less mm. effective. Have you always known, Mark, how effective this guy is? Has he always been somebody that you've admired, or is he more valuable in his absence? Carrick is the new skulls. There's no doubt about that. He gives us width when he's playing. He pushes everybody out wide, and uh, then we get the power of Valencia coming down the right wing when Carrick's playing. Valencia was lost this weekend. We lost our width again. And we have for the last three games. Yeah, I mean, the problem is with Carrick. I mean, people suddenly started to realise what a great player he is outside of Manchester United. But his age now and his injuries yeah. are dictating You're not gonna build the, the problem team, right? now. So what do we do? Continue on with someone who's in their 30s who's hardly played for us this season. And you can see the dip in the team when he's been out at the start of the season for that massive amount of games. And now, he obviously, he's out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, we need to replace someone and we're still now how talking about where's this midfielder, how are we going to do this? You can't rely on him. Is, is, no, no, honestly, no, no. Carrick's are messy. I mean, I know you were talking a different messy, but that's a problem, isn't it? Um, if we're relying on one person to play the ball forward, which is what 
he, he's the one player I that think does. All, all, don't all teams have one player which actually pulls the whole thing together, the glue, it kind of binds oh, everything I guess our together. problem is we don't have someone who well, can step in and... Haven't we got Daily Blind? He's not that kind of player. Daily Blind is a side-to-side player. He, uh, for me, he... I know Eric Cantona, I use that word, water carrier, but I think he's very much like that. He's not offensively minded. He's a team player, and I think he's more defensively. But we're playing I don't him too deep. Him. We're playing him too deep. Well, I sure. just, I don't think he's got the, he, he's, he, I don't think in his makeup he can play the kind of balls that Carrick or someone who's probably more stupid with a football. What was interesting Carrick. against West Bromwich Albion is that you, you, you effectively swapped Fellaini and Rooney around. I mean, you ju- it just didn't quite make sense. I didn't know what he was trying to do. It's the sort of thing, if a manager does it, and, 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 you, and get the, you get the win, you go, oh, fantastic, absolutely inspired. But you just wonder uh, how we've used Wayne Rooney. He's tried very hard. He's become that typical English player, trying really hard and achieving sweet FA. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Rooney is he's, he's done a job for the team, hasn't he? He's been the captain. Whereas under Ferguson, he complained... So many times that he was being played out of position, wanted to leave the club on this, but this yeah, time... I think £330,000 yeah. a week helps, right? Absolutely. But, you know, he's been played out of position. He's supposed to be a striker, so he's not scoring the goals. He's been playing in midfield. Someone called Paul Pogba is about to play in a Champions League final. He was let to go for nothing. Um, would have been perfectly put in that, in that place. Um, but So he's been played out of position. It's not his fault. It'll be interesting... I'll mo- take your Paul Pogba, by the yeah. way, and I'll give you Patrice Evra. Well, I mean, that's a man who's not lost the semi-final, and now he's playing in another Champions League final after leaving, after comments by David Moyes. So what a, what a result that is. And this is it is crazy. I yeah. mean, let's take a minute. I mean, I, I do, probably more than the people who listen to this podcast, like, like to look at people who have left, yeah. uh, you know, Manchester United and gone on. And Ronaldo has mm. certainly gave £5 million for charity, by the way. That's right. Uh, you know, and I'm told even though he looks like a prima donna, he's a much nicer guy than Messi. He's getting back to Messi again. Uh, and Bale, we'll talk about him, because he may well be after he's that performance. Back. be coming back to England, and he may well be coming uh, back to, to us. So we should give him some time. Yeah, we will. But here's a guy, Ever, Patrice Everett, a guy who had the energy to run up and down. We bought the fat defender. Uh, You take Evera back for it. He looks like he's got another year in him, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, I think that Evera, I think Vidic, obviously, he's not done so well into Milan. But Evera, I think they left as, you know, as they were arguing. It was a Moyes thing, wasn't it? They weren't happy with the time. Moyes sat them down in front of a video and showed them. Phil Jagiel defended and said... (laughs) <laughs> this is how you defend. I mean, when you say that to people that won league after league and Champions League and trophies, and that's why they walk away. But Everest has got the last laugh now, hasn't he, really? He's got to a Champions League final, playing in a great team, and we've got a £30 million defender, the fat fullback, who's spent more time in the treatment room. I mean, fair play to got, you know, head, got, got injured on Saturday, had, you know, knocked his head, but this is, what a £30 million. That could be thrown out down the tube, couldn't we, really? Yeah, just just as, an aside, uh, as an aside to that, what do you think happens? Do you think that there's some man with a doll at Southampton? That means that once you leave Southampton, you become the biggest doofus in the world. I mean, Liverpool spent loads of money. They haven't done very well with those two monkeys yeah, they bought down there. And then we've bought this other one. I mean, it's, it's really interesting that these guys look like world beaters, isn't they? Our fat fullback does not look like the guy that we bought. 30 million, by the way, we spent for him. Uh, interesting. Now, let's get back to the team there before people start writing those complaint uh, emails like they normally do. I want you to talk about Manchester United. 
did. Uh, Pogba's coming back, but not to Manchester United, apparently. Yeah, I, I think possibly Chelsea, I would think. It's interesting you mentioned, Mark, about this ripple effect that I think is going to happen because of the Real Madrid losing. And I think the ripple effect is going to be felt in Manchester. And I think Ancelotti could possibly go to City. And there's a chance about Gareth Bale going to United. Oh, more than a chance. I saw on a a Manchester Evening News poll today that they still, they said Ronaldo or Bale. And Ronaldo's still like about 60% United fans who put on this poll. But I think Gareth Bale actually at the moment is doing a bit of a... Mark Hughes where when Mark Hughes went to Barcelona with Gary Lineker they both went to do Spanish lessons Mark Hughes went to one lesson and Gary Lineker carried on going and then Mark Hughes obviously left Barcelona very quickly and I think the same is happening with Gareth Bale he's not learning the language he's like, like Valencia yeah, to, in to, England to, to, to be honest with you and, he's, and also his girlfriend and his child now live in the UK they don't live in Spain yeah, anymore to be honest with you it's one of the things that's held back coaches English coaches mm. And it's one of the things that's held back English players. Uh, because you can imagine Paul Gascoigne uh, going to Lazio. I mean, he could barely speak English, and you, you'd say the same. And yeah, he, Ian he, Rush he, went to Juventus and had beans with his pasta. Well, here's, here's the thing, you know, that actually he would be a great fit for Manchester United. And, and just, I'd like to ask you, Mark, we seem to have become the Chelsea of 2015, 16 and 17 because we're spending an awful lot of money when Juicy Mourinho has managed to do it by selling players like David Luiz, like Mata. He sold some big money players and actually gone to the market and bought frugally. There's no chance of us doing that. We're going to spend big money, aren't we? Well, I think Ferguson left us with a, a dying team, for sure. And we had to rebuild. So how do you do it? You have to spend money. We didn't really have anything we could Well, well, hold hold on a minute. Who did we buy after Sir Alex left? We bought one one player, Fellaini. Mm -hmm. We are a team that won what? We won it when Sir Alex was manager by 11 points. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me that the, the greatest team on earth just won it by 11 points in the Champions League. The best we could do is Fellaini. Come on. Some Muppet at Manchester United did not do their job and they exposed David Moyles. It, it, was, it, it was not great. It's th- not great. I think something went wrong for us in that whole transfer window. I think Bell was meant to go to United or Ronaldo was meant to come back. Something like that was meant to happen. It all got screwed up by um, Mr Levy at Tottenham. You think so? I think you so. think we would have paid £80 million at that point to bring Bell to Manchester United? Or Ronaldo back. There was a three-way deal, and Rooney would have gone to Chelsea. Well, I don't know. Ah. yeah, I, I mean, I don't think you're right, but it's fantastic, uh, that kind of whole thing, and, and we'll do it forever, won't we, with Gerard playing yeah. his last game and what would have happened if he had gone to Chelsea. M- my thing here is, Ronaldo will not leave Real Madrid because nobody's going to score that amount of goals, and no t- even though at 30 he can't quite be the player, and he's pulled back. Messi has moved as well, but... I still think the very best is to come of Bale. He's and younger, if they stay, so if well. they keep patient, then they might get it. But what I saw last night was those guys think they would be in the Champions League final if it wasn't for the Welsh guy, if it wasn't for Gareth Fale. Yeah, what's going to happen is, you know, we talk about transfers, but it's, it's all about David De Gea for me. And I know people have been talking about some kind of swap deal or using him as leverage, but the problem is with... The, the goalkeeper is fantastic. The save against Crystal Palace on the weekend, the double save, fantastic. And our defence isn't great. 
he's the one that stops the goals going in and makes our defence look a lot better than what it is. £200,000 a week, five years. I don't think it's about the money. I don't think it's about the money. He's got one year left on his deal, and that's my issue. And I'm sure the United hierarchy are looking at this and saying, right, so his deal runs out next season. If he doesn't sign now, then we're going to let him run through and go for nothing? That's the problem. And if he signs a deal, he's still going to go to Real Madrid because he's a Spanish player. They always want to go to these big clubs. So if that can be used as some kind of leverage, it might have to be. We've got Victor Valdez there. Um, I think we need to... We, we, that know, Tottenham goalkeeper is a bit of Yeah, class, and I think it? they're talking about £30 million for him as well. But yeah. I mean, we, we talk about Memphis Depay, who's, who's joined us for £25 million. He's 21. Eredivision, top goal scorer. But, you know, still untried and untested in our kind of league and it's not the kind of player you, we, need, we need marquee kind of players and if you're a Dutch player you know for every Ruud van Nistelrooy there's a Ricky van Wolfswinkel isn't there so he's still young but we need there's the, still key areas in our team that we need to build on so there's the centre back right back centre midfield and you know I could possibly you could see Gareth Blau playing in a three with Rooney and Memphis that would be nice but we'll have to see what happens. But I think there's going to be a lot more players moving out. Falco's gone, man. Falco's gone. Let's, do, let's, let's get some players out. Falco's gone. Yes, let's discuss. Or I'll shoot him. Right. Okay. I'm not so sure. I'm not sure because I think... On the basis of what would he stay? Because I think the money, if, the, if they can get him for a cheaper price, then I think they'd look at it. But I think it's more likely... How many goals? He's got four well, yeah. goals. But the, po- the point is, is I think well, the way they would look at it, if they could get him for cheaper, they might keep him. I know that they've not no, said anything no yet. Chance. But Van Persie has got one year left on his deal as well and he owes us two seasons because he's done even less than how Cow's done. Well, so, missing that penalty was really bad. He's done nothing for us what, for two do, seasons. Do, have, have we got any idea why he took it as opposed to Rooney? No, because Rooney was told he couldn't take it because he missed the last one. So they both missed so one. So you bring on a player who hasn't played for how many games to take a penalty in a, a, in a game that we have to win? Mm. And what, were we surprised that he yeah, missed it? Exactly. Okay, so we're talking about Hernandez is going to go, isn't he? He's, he's gone. He's uh, gone. He said bye-bye and he's gone. And in fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because I picked up the paper with the both of you in mind today because I saw this on the uh, back of the, the Daily Mirror. Nanny to be uh, a costly reserve. What am I talking about, Dave? Yeah, well, Lewis Nanny who's been on, on loan at Porto. It's Porto, no, Lisbon, isn't it? Um, one of the teams, anyway. And we've actually let him go there on loan. And normally the way a loan deal works is that the club that he goes to on loan pays his wages. But that hasn't even happened. They've gone, he's basically gone there for free and United have still paid his wages. Louis van Gaal's turned around to him and said, listen, Nanny, you're not, you're, you're not going to play in the first team. If you come back here, you're going to play in the reserves. He's on £110,000 a week. And he's just signed a five-year deal under Moyes. So that's going to be a serious issue, isn't it? Because who's going to want to take him for one? And he's just going to be playing in the reserves. Reserves had a great result, by the way, the other night. Beat Manchester City 4-0 in the under-21s. There was over 12,000 people, about 16,000 people there at Old Trafford. But there was fighting in the crowd. Can you believe that? And and also... Can't take uh, these youngsters anywhere. And old um, Makeda, I mean, Yanazai, he actually scored... (laughs) <laughs> he scored and made a goal that night. That's a forgotten man. He'll probably go out as well on loan. It, what, what, what was it about Nanny that uh, the, you don't think the, the big man fancied, Mark? I mean, you know, Nanny at, at times, he never really fulfilled the potential, but at times he did show glimpses of brilliance, didn't he? He was erratic, wasn't he? He was brilliant one day and it was just unpredictable. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, I, I loved him as a player. I thought he was strong and uh, you know, he was powerful. He could stand up against anybody. Van Gaal's all about work ethic, isn't he? Mm. And I think going forward, Nani on his day, as you say, fantastic. But you, you know, couldn't rely on him. Defending wise, getting back, no. No. No, so, so look, I'm trying to get rid of players and you're just trying to find a way to keep them, okay. bringing them back on loan and stuff. Okay. I'm telling you, Falcao has okay. gone. Falcao, uh, Johnny Evans, bye-bye. He fell over on Sunday. He's an absolute joke. <laughs> he did. He Johnny fell Evans over. is gone. I think his confidence Tom is shot. Tom Cleverley gone. Well, Cleverley's gone and actually, it, it's, it, his story is a nice story because here was the guy who was lampooned, criticised and I didn't like that. Mm. That letter that went out that was signed by so many people saying he was an England quality and he's actually managed to turn it around at Aston Villa so I, I wish that boy... That's his the, level. I mean, in a nice way, I mean, that kind of level is, is perfect for him. Well, Good luck to him. Zaha's gone. He's yep. gone, I mean, he's gone back to Crystal Palace and he's playing really well uh, for them now. Di Maria, I think, gone. In my really? opinion, I think, he, I think he will go. I think it's been a really difficult... I mean, if you look back at the archives at unitedredcast.com, uh, you'll see that I've said from the beginning that I wasn't sure about him. And after a good start, he got injured. Then he had the break-in or potential break-in. His wife, he's been living in a hotel. His wife does not want to be in this country. And obviously that, that matters. He's not played well at all and I think there's a I would not be surprised if he is not a Manchester United player next season whether he's sold or whether he's out on loan I would be very very surprised if he's in the team you know what disappoints me about the two of you in this podcast is that we've spent a long time talking about the shortcomings of Manchester United the stated aim of Manchester United under Louis van Gaal at the beginning of this year was what? Champions League. And has he achieved that? Yes. So why aren't we happy? Why aren't we jumping up oh, and listen. down, celebrate? Why have I got a glass of water in front of me? <laughs> I've, got, I've got some positives. I've definitely got... I've, okay, coming in. When we, were, when we were playing great, miserable bastards we had, bringing me down. When we were playing great, when we had that run of seven games or whatever it was before Chelsea, we were solid. We had these two little triangles going on either wing with um, young Blind Fellaini on one side uh, Herrera, Valencia and Matter on the other side solid they were playing beautifully and moving the ball up the pitch and servicing Fellaini and Rooney if there is one player that's managed to come out of, of all of this much better than we ever could have mm. possibly expected leaving Fellaini to a side uh, for, a, for a second because I still think anything could happen with him it has been young hasn't it he's been an uh, absolute revelation yes completely yeah, redemption for Ashley Young. I mean, yeah. we've came him on the podcast as well. I mean, I still feel moving forward, he's not the answer. Because if you're talking about getting high, because we're so many points off of Chelsea, and Chelsea are so far behind the teams that have been playing in the Champions League semi-final, you know, you're going to need that extra. But for, for someone who was basically out, you know, what a performance. And against Crystal Palace, man of the match as well. Um, but yeah, fantastic performances by him all season. I mean, him and De Gea, you, you've got to say that, you know, they've been two of the best performers in the, in the, for the club. One thing about Young is uh, he's bulked up. He's got bigger. He's, uh, he, was, he was stick thin. He's got bigger and he's got less flash. I think that it was the flashiness, the falling over. The kind of, he, he gave the impression, he was one of those... You know, he gave the impression that he was a bit flash, and now he seems to be working hard, working for the team, tracking back. Effectively, he's a wing back, and you need to work bloody hard to be one of those guys. He's running the length of the pitch. What, yeah, hundred times. In Listen, the when something is about to get taken away from you, something you, great. You well, you, yeah, if you, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you, you, you do. You do realize. I mean, why don't we uh, take a moment 
really talking about something being taken away to uh, just pay our own personal red cars tribute uh, to Rio Ferdinand uh, and his family what 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 must be a terrible terrible time of course if you don't live in England you may not know uh, his wife uh, the mother of his three children under the age of 10 was taken by breast cancer and and, and something happened Mark and Dave, that, that, that made me think about myself as a man. Uh, let me take you down a particular road. Chelsea had just won the Premiership, and John Terry was being interviewed on the pitch in the euphoria of the victory. And they talked to him about how important this was, the fourth one, the importance of drug bar. And when the interview was about to walk off, John Terry said, no, wait a minute. I'd like to take this moment to offer my deepest sympathies to Rio Ferdinand and his family. And I I couldn't accept it at first as a genuine thing. I know a little bit about their history. They used to get on. They don't. The whole blind clown incident, the you know that it's completely shattered the relationship that that he had with the, you know Cashley for Cashley, mm-hmm. uh, you know about who he backed and and whatever. But I've got to I've got I've got to back down really. I don't know about you, Mark, but I've got to back down because I think in your moment of triumph, for you to take a moment to look at forget about the trolling and all the things that the Terry supporters have been saying on Twitter to Ferdinand because they're, they're gutter. You know we don't need to worry about those. But what did you make it? Did you see it, first of all? Did you hear it? And what did you make of it? I saw it, and I was impressed by it. It's classy, isn't it? Class, yeah. I don't know what... what, I don't know. I struggled. Maybe because... Listen, in the world that we live in, bad people are bad people, and good people are good people, and, and bad people do bad things, good people do good things, and everybody can live with that. You have a little bit of a problem when good people do bad things and when bad people do good things. Yeah, it's... Um, you just think, that can't be true, it's John Terry, but, you know, John Terry's got a wife, he's got children, and, you know, he stood up and was, you know... He, he, I think John Terry's been a fantastic player this season for Chelsea, by the way, and, and he's, he stood up, and I think he's been great and should be at playing for England, and... I think he's shown a bit of class there, and congratulations to him and risk, you know, deepest sympathy to Rio and family. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on then. So, uh, yeah, I must say we'll, one thing, though. Yeah. I was at the game. Um, I can't remember who we were playing, but um, I was there, and the crowd were amazing. Just singing Rio, Rio the whole way. So that would have that would have been... Up until four minutes. I think it was four minutes, because for his, uh, whatever it was. And then uh, the song was sung. Yeah, and it's quite interesting because Rio's had a, 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 a bit of a difficult relationship with Man United supporters because I think it was difficult. They shout Rio, but there's never really been a song for Rio Ferdinand. It's because, remember, he wanted 120 when well, he was only being 100. Cotton, didn't yeah, they did. They, they, was, did really. they did. And, and, and they, they kind of struggled with him a, a, a bit. Now, let's move on because there's lots to talk about. We only have a bandwidth of 30 minutes when I'm here. You well know that, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen. So, lost to Everton. That was rubbish. And they've lost two games since they lost yeah. to us. Lost to Same West Bromwich Albion. And, you know, they came in with four central defenders. Uh, uh, that wasn't good, but got a lucky victory. So bad Tottenham, so bad Liverpool. We're in fourth place. I think I can say that's done and dusted now, yes? Yeah, it's done and dusted. It's like a, a goal swing of 14. That was all it would take. Uh, still a chance of third place, 
because of Arsenal's loss against Swansea, but they've got a game in hand. So, um, you know, we'll see. But, you know, like we said, fourth was what we started off with. And well, Champions League. Don't do it like that. Champ- well, we, we, Champions League is what the, we finished The most we, we well, none of us thought that well, we would by, win by, the Premier League. By the way, it's only pre- like, you know, qualifying stage, so we're still not in When's it When's the last time a team that came fourth did not qualify? Exactly my point. Let it go. Stop trying to... Let it go. The, 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 the glass is half full. And you're trying to empty it. Stop. Yeah. Okay. Give me another story. Okay, well, I'm sure everyone knows. Ten-year anniversary of the Glazers' takeover of uh, Manchester United. It's and that long, is it? Yeah, ten, ten years. The club was acquired at the time for £790 million in a leveraged buyout. And, uh, you know, a shameless, skillful and totally legal manipulation of debt from 2005 to 2014. Say what you think, though. The Glazers spent £680 million on debt repayments, interest fees and bank charges while £380 million was invested in players. Um, at that time as well, and in 2005, a season ticket in the second tier of the Stretford End cost £475, now costs £703. Um, Still cheaper than Arsenal. Revenue in the, in the Glazers era, which is quite interesting. 2004-05, when they came in, um, £221.9 million. 2013-14, 14, £433.2 Oh, we got the big deal, the uh, big kit deal kicking in now. Yeah, we've got the big kit deal coming in. So, you know, people that are against the Glazers, like the season ticket heights, and also this automatic cup ticket scheme. You know, if you had a season ticket, <laughs> you had to do this. If you didn't turn up, you'd lose your season ticket. And I think even in December, one of his sons, Edward, reportedly sold shares on the stock exchange for £25 million. Pounds. I think... Um, in the time, in the 10 years, not only have the, you know, the debt has been huge, but they, the Glazers have probably taken out a billion pounds, or a billion pounds have gone out of the club through debt and what they've actually taken out. And yet we don't time. see the uh, yellow and green scarves quite as much no, as no. we used to, Mark. I mean, now, you know, the, the, the height of it, where we had the, the, the knights who were going to come in and, uh, and buy the club, that's all gone. This is just the way the club is now. Yeah. Yeah, the yellow and green scarves don't seem at all. No, it's all gone. That, that protest has gone. The heart of that has gone. And within that 10 years as well, it's been some of United's most successful period in their history, really, winning things. But also on the downside, it's seen the decline of United in Europe. The day that Ronaldo was sold for £80 million, the money was said that it would be reinvested back into the playing staff. And then we signed Chris Smalling, Valencia and Javier Hernandez. And since then, it's been that kind of player up till this rush, you know, of putting money into the club. So you can see what's been happening. But, you know, have the, have the Glazers been good for us? I'd like to ask that question at United Redcast because, you know, this is a, we've talked about the money and what they've dragged out of the club. But, you know, ultimately, if you look at the revenue, 430 million pounds this last year compared to what it was and also what's happened on the pitch... Have they been good for us at United Redcast? I'd like to hear, you know, I'll look on Twitter and we'll see what that result comes what, up like. What's progress, Mark? What's progress? So if you set, and I mean, this is something that we will go on to talk about in the final few podcasts of the season. But if you set your, your task as uh, arriving in a Champions League position, that can't, we're not Arsenal. So that isn't what we want. We're not Tottenham and we're not Liverpool. That's, that's the height of their ambition. We're... Would you expect Manchester United, with what I imagine, if Dave is right, and I'm sure he is, 
is healthy investment. Where would you imagine Manchester United to be next year? What, what, what have you allowed yourself to hope for? I think it's still going to be a rebuilding year. I think we should be thinking the next year for something serious. But um, we've, we need to do something at the front, we need to do something in the midfield, and we need to do something at the back. Well, so I know that. I know, I know that. But I'm asking you, and it is a difficult question, but I'm going to pin you down because we'll play it back to you. What is your hope for Manchester United next year? Top four again. Dave? I would be expecting us. Uh, top four isn't enough. I want to see us actually getting closer to Chelsea, uh, second place, and in the Champions League qualifying and at least getting out of the group stage and getting past the, quali- you know, the last 16 and pushing forward. And that would be progress. I think so, yeah. I mean, we are rebuilding still. We, we are missing players that you know you can't just go out and get these players not there's not a lot of them around we need key players we don't need like Depay is a great young player but we need standout class world-class players in the yeah, team yeah but you see but, hold yeah, on, i would be hold looking on, at us. you see this is where you say hold on a minute wouldn't you have said that about Di maria wouldn't you have said that about falco you you would say these are one falco can we said well we're going to change the but world but you look at the way we've played as a team and it's so unbalanced it, it's it's not worked so it's going to take longer, but for me personally, if we're kind of hovering around fourth place next season, fighting with Liverpool to get into the top four, that's not going to be good enough. I would expect, and I'm sure the board and everyone else would expect United to kick on and be challenging Chelsea and being much closer. You would imagine that if anybody's got any sense, and I'm sure the people finally have got sense who run Manchester United, it would be a minimum of a three-year plan, which would mean top four, which would mean, yes, getting out of the group stages and maybe getting to a quarterfinal or a semi-final in uh, one of the Kiddie Cups or, or the FA Cup, uh, to be competitive in the month of April, let's say, for something. Let's do that. Because actually, our season switched off, really. I mean, fourth was all we could have hoped for. Uh, Arsenal stayed competitive. I mean, they're in the FA Cup final a lot longer than us. And then in the f- next year, I think we really got to be looking to win something. Otherwise, I think the big fella's out of a job. Well, he's in a three-year contract anyway, isn't he? So that's the, that's the point. But I honestly believe we can't sit here for another season and watch what we watched this year because it's been really hard to watch. So I would expect a much more dynamic team and hopefully very... We've already proved that we've gone into the market early and done that. So I would hope that we'll be much more dynamic in the transfer market and much more dynamic on the pitch next season because he doesn't have an excuse this year, does he? he was, he's, there's no World Cup. He's, he's in there now. There's no excuses. He should be able to get the players, hopefully, what he wants, play the formation that he wants and hopefully we will see a much more of a Van Hull team, a 4-3-3, in a much more dynamic way, in a Manchester United style, and uh, you know, pushing and pushing, and not being, being, being beaten home and away by Swansea. Follow us on Twitter, and give us your tweets at United Redcast. All the links to our Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, uh, the apps, and the complete Redcast archives, or even archives, Eddie, are at unitedredcast.com. Now look, uh, we are in a rebuilding stage. We are in a a stage where we have to look at our club and say, right, this is what we set out to achieve this year, but what would be good? 
good for you. I've asked Mark, I've asked Dave, and I'm asking you at home listening right now. Lay out your plans for me. Tell me what you'd like to see. Tell me who you'd like to see, because we're in a state of flux right now, because we know we're fourth, so it's a holding pattern. So the next few weeks we'll be talking about moving forward. I look forward to hearing from you. Next game's Arsenal. Ordinarily, we would have spent the majority of this podcast talking about what a magnificent uh, battle that would be to, you know, fluid, beautiful football playing sides. It's it's barely worth it. It's much more interesting talking about the rebuilding process. Mark, give me a score against Arsenal. They lost, of course, uh, an important game for them. They thought the wind was behind them. They thought they'd got it all sorted. And then, of course, they get and messed it all up. What are you expecting? I'm thinking there's not so much pressure because it's not going to make that much difference win or lose, is it? It's a position. Which means Arsenal will play better. Arsenal, Arsenal play better when there's no pressure. Mm. And I think we will too. Yeah? Well, I'm going for the win. You're going for a Manchester United win? I'm going for a Manchester United win and I'm going to go two goals. If we play like we did against Crystal Palace, I can't see us winning the game. But, um, I mean, there is still something to play for. If we beat them, it goes to, you know, they've got a game in hand. But, you know, we push this possibility of a third place finish on. So that's something to play for. Is Carrick back? He's out for the rest of the season. So that's, that's an issue. So I think, know, I think Welbeck will feature in the game Welbeck's somewhere. been out injured, but apparently he's, he's yeah, going to be fit for it. He, he, might, be up, he might be up for this exactly. game. Yeah. I, I think it's possibly going to be a draw. <laughs> I would say a draw. I, I, I think you're probably right. They're both safe. Uh, it's only if they want to turn it up. And I can't really see uh, any of the Arsenal players wanted to get injured before the FA Cup final. Yeah. Uh, they'll all want to get... Or you could look at it another way. They'll all want to play in that FA Cup final, so they'll want to impress uh, their manager. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a great game. Imagine, we've talked about sport for 35 minutes and we haven't mentioned a man uh, called Kevin Peterson. There you go. Uh, if you don't know who he is, you're listening from Nigeria, perhaps cricket is not your game, although I'm hearing that you are playing more cricket there, then perhaps you better look him up. The biggest troublemaking monster you could ever imagine. If he was in our changing room and Sir Alex was there, uh, they'd probably nail him to something and set fire to him. Uh, that's the kind of guy he is. But 300 runs, magnificent timing. Uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. And sorry that you got caught up in traffic. And I'll have that 20 quid the cabbie didn't take from you. Thank you very much. Uh, the accountant will be back here talking about money, trying to be a little more happy than you've been. I'm going to bring some alcohol next week because apparently that's when you're a good time boy. Me and Leon both. Yeah, well, uh, uh, well done, Leo. Uh, hopefully, Leon, uh, everything will stay uh, uh, healed and safe like we expected to. <laughs> we, can't, we can't use you if you can't twiddle those knobs. Let it go, please. Uh, we don't want any more complaints. Uh, until next time, it's left for me and uh, our guest to say, come on, you Reds. This has been a Playback Media production. For all our other podcasts, go to playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.